You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. Okay, here we go then. Are we ready? So, as I said, firstly, we're going to start off with who we are. And, of course, we are many things, aren't we? Um, We are... Sorry, did I... Is it on the PowerPoint? (laughs) Um, We are many things. We are a church. Uh, We're Baptist. We're a community hub. We're a charity. We're part of Oasis. And if I covered all of those things, I think we'd probably be here all day. Uh, But what's important, I think, first of all, is to remember that actually our, our identity is a little bit messy. And that's okay. And actually, I think we quite like it like that. But our primary defining identity is a Christ-centered community. That's how we describe ourselves. So before we're a charity or a group or a hub or even a church, actually, we're a Christ-centered community. And at this point, I think it's really important to to mention the legacy and the history from which we've come. So um, lots of you will have been part of this church when it was Hayhill Baptist Church. And we are still Hayhill Baptist Church. We always will be. Um, But I'll go on to explain a little bit about the kind of evolution in that in terms of what becoming Oasis and and renaming and why, why that. Yeah, that's all part of what I'll get on to. So we're many things, but we're a bit of a mess. And that is a good thing. I think it is just going on to the video. If you could put it onto the O slide, the messy O in my PowerPoint, and then it should go beyond there. Wonderful, thank you. So uh, for those of you that were here last week, um, we did a sort of looking forward thing where we kind of considered, I guess, what God was saying to us, particularly as a church, as we look into the year ahead. And um, we, we Claire mentioned about this messy O. Um, so that's the Oasis messy O, and this is the, the O in our Oasis logo. And it's also known as the Oasis Circle of Inclusion. So at Oasis, there's this really sort of pivotal thing that everyone belongs and everyone matters. And this is sort of summed up in this image. So the edges are deliberately kind of messy and blurry and undefined as you want to make sure that there's no sort of in and out, that actually everyone can participate and everyone can be included. Claire also mentioned that you can be anywhere in that circle, so you can be right at the centre, you can be on the furthest part of the edge, but if you want to be part of us, you can be. Everyone matters and everyone belongs. And just as everyone matters and everyone belongs, it's our desire that everyone has a voice. So part of our Baptist theology is that every person is able to discern the will of God or to understand, to listen to God. So there's no sort of super holy people that do that for us. And we all do that together as a community. We listen to God and in community together, we discuss and discern what we've heard and what we need to do in response. So some of the practical ways that that happens then. We lead the church through a series of teams. We invite feedback and discussion through our monthly community forums And we identify areas of strength and weakness through our annual impact survey. So everyone matters, everyone belongs, and everyone has a voice. And as I mentioned, as Hayhill Baptist Church, we joined Oasis in 2018 because that was sort of the natural evolution in our journey and in our story. It was a way to express what we'd already become, where we'd found ourselves on that journey of following Jesus. And partnering with Oasis led us to rebrand as Oasis Church Bath and to create a registered charity called Oasis Hub Bath, which is the umbrella under which we do everything that we do in this area and deliver all our community projects, which I'll come on to a bit later. 
So as part of Oasis, we're part of this massive thing, this worldwide family uh, present in this country through 40 different community hubs and 53 schools, all of which work with around 25,000 people every year. So we're a small local charity and we're completely independent financially and structurally in some ways of, of Oasis, um, but uh, we're also part of this much bigger thing, um, which is really good to remember. And actually, we're just going to watch this short um, video, which shows a bit more, I think, of what that sort of bigger thing looks like. So we'll watch that now. My official job title is Deputy Hub Leader. A youth support worker. I teach design technology. Chief Executive of Oasis Community Housing. The youth development outreach worker hyphen mental health specialist. I work with 11 to 24 year olds with issues around anger, aggression or violence. We house people who are sleeping rough without expecting them to jump through hoops. In North Bristol, I'm responsible for all of our community work. It really hurts me to see people's potential being missed, whether that be young people or some of the families we work with. People that we serve and have experienced trauma, isolation, abuse, very often indifference. People don't see them. Lots of Oasis projects are about helping people take ownership in their community and actually help to transform the communities they live in. It's heartbreaking to hear some of the things that young people go through. I love seeing people do something or achieve something that they never realised they could do. We'll take on the school that's failing. We'll house the person that nobody else will. We get our hands dirty. It's this huge organisation that branches into so many areas of life. Very much of a patchwork quilt. One body, but it's made of these different patches that have their own expression. We really are passionate about making a difference. When we say we love them, we mean it. My joy comes from knowing that I'm going to change the outcome of that young person's life. And even if I don't see it, I know that I planted the seed. I see it if I look out onto the street. I see it in the playgrounds in our academies. When you help one person, how that ripples out. It's about that sense of community. We encourage people to do the best that they can. When they succeed, it means we've succeeded as well. Understanding everybody is worthy of being part of our community, that everybody has worth. It's really exciting to see people take a project and run with it to help them personally thrive and flourish and to help transform the town or the city that they live in. So yeah, you can find out a lot more about Oasis and what they do in other areas of the country um, on that website, oasisuk.org. So Oasis have this sort of primary vision statement, which is this. The Oasis vision is for community, a place where everyone is included, making a contribution and reaching their God-given potential. So that sentence is, is the summary of everything that we're trying to do and, and what we hope to achieve. So we want everyone to be included as part of a community and we want everyone to be able to contribute to that community and reach their God-given potential, be everything that they can be. And locally, as Rob mentioned this morning, you know, we've, dis we've described that as, as come as you are. Um, and on our website, it says come as you are and become fully who you are. Because we want to help people flourish and thrive to this, this, this sense of living life in all its fullness. As I said, becoming everything that you were made to be. And sometimes there are barriers to that happening. And we want to remove those barriers where possible, whether that's food insecurity or addiction or trauma or, um, you know, a bad experience with church. Whatever it is that stops you from becoming um, that person you were made to be we want to try and, and help and we want we want everybody um to yeah be who who they were always made to be and um, to do the things that that they were specifically created to do 
And that vision statement is also accompanied by these five ethos values. And again, you, you might have seen these around, you might have heard us talk about these before, and you'll certainly see them on Oasis websites and things. So this is the same across any Oasis community. And again, these are the sort of the values, I guess, that underpin everything that we do as a Christ-centered community, the how we um, do that vision statement. So the first one is a passion to include everyone. And as you've mentioned, we want everyone to belong, knowing that they matter. And I think we have a long way to go when it comes to being fully inclusive in some ways, and we've got a lot to learn. But we're particularly proud of our affirmation and celebration of the LGBT community. And we're passionate about changing the story when it comes to LGBT inclusion and the church. And uh, you'll be able to read more about some of the things that we've done locally around that in our impact report, which is coming out um, in a couple of weeks' time. The next value is a desire to treat everyone equally, respecting differences. So there's a difference, isn't there, between, I think, treating everyone the same and treating everyone equally, because we're all different, and our quirks and personalities and needs and bodies, you know, they all need different things. So as a church, we try to be as flexible as we can be, taking into account people's needs. And theologically, while as a leadership and as Oasis, we hold what we would describe as a progressive theology, we don't want a church where everybody thinks the same stuff, and we invite and we welcome difference in theological viewpoints, because we think we can hold all of that together, even if at times that's not easy. Okay, next one, a commitment to healthy and open relationships. So relationships are the foundation of everything that we do, and it's so important that those relationships are healthy. So that comes back to our discipleship and growth as individuals, and we'll always encourage self-awareness, honesty, and the ability to take responsibility for our own stuff, dealing with hurts and issues rather than letting them fester or projecting them onto other people. And as an organisation, emotional health and accountability comes through our governance groups, which I'll get on to in a bit. Um, our relationship with Oasis UK as well, who we're accountable to. And for me, as, as a leader, that comes through my managerial supervision with Oasis. And I also have spiritual direction and clinical supervision. Okay, next one. A deep sense of hope that things can change and be transformed. So I think that really comes back to this sort of absolute belief in resurrection as something that isn't just that Jesus did, but actually something is there for all of us to experience in some way. So everything can be made new. God can make all things new. Impossible situations can be turned around. And we believe that not only for ourselves, but for everyone that we meet. So this hope fuels, it's like rocket fuel, it fuels us into action as we work practically to see that resurrection come to pass in people's lives, in our families, in our communities, and in our city. And then a sense of perseverance to keep going for the long haul. So resurrection doesn't always happen, does it, in three days? And I think in my experience, true transformational change often takes a really long time and involves a long-term commitment. So that's why in our community, you'll very rarely see us doing kind of hit and run projects that might solve an immediate need, but don't cause long lasting change or build strong relationships with people. And it's why we work really hard to build effective and productive partnerships with other organizations, which mean we can reach more people for longer, at a higher level and with a wider range of expertise and skills. So our vision is for community, a place where everyone is included, making a contribution and reaching their God-given potential. And those ethos values shape the way that we do that. Okay, and then the nine habits. So um, if anyone's ever been in there, some of you may not have ever been in there, but the ground floor downstairs, we've got some pictures that sort of represent what those nine habits look like for us. 
So the nine habits are about us and our character, really. So they're based on the fruits of the Spirit in the New Testament. They are the intentional behaviours we choose to practice so that our vision and values are displayed in the lives um, we live. And again, like with me, I don't know about you, but with me, it's definitely an ongoing process. (laughs) Some I'm better at than others, um, depending on which day of the week it is. So they are considerate, hopeful, joyful, humble, forgiving, self-controlled, compassionate, patient, and honest. So we think that when we intentionally choose those character, those habits, they're things that you have to do, um, we hope that that's then the fulfilling of those ethos values and that vision. So the nine habits are, are what help us to do that. And this, who we are, I think that goes across the whole of Oasis, as every school, hub, and community project aligns themselves with that vision and value. So everywhere you go in Oasis, people should be talking about the vision statement, the ethos values, and the nine habits. But actually, not every Oasis community has a church at the heart of it. And what makes us slightly distinctive, along with other Oasis hubs that have a faith expression or a church community, such as Oasis Church Waterloo and Oasis Church Hull. So what is an Oasis Church and um, what makes an Oasis Church different from other communities? And actually that's been something that we've been doing um, a piece of work on fairly recently with other Oasis Churches. Do Okay, what is an Oasis Church? When people say, okay, what, what makes Oasis Churches different? And we've come up with these sort of four characteristics which um, define us as a church and I think when combined they make us unique. So full inclusion, Um, I've mentioned that already, but the love of God compels us to welcome and celebrate anyone and everyone, regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Um, And so we have LGBT plus people involved at every level of what we do, including senior leadership. Um, And it's also about going beyond that. So, um, and again, like I said, we're not... We're not done with our inclusion journey. I mean, this building is a nightmare in terms of accessibility and, you know, we've got a lot to learn and we're, we're, we're kind of hoping that that will be a, a journey that we get better and better at. An open and progressive theology. So I mentioned this sense of this idea of having a progressive theology. So progressive Christianity is, is an evolving, quite recent branch of the, the Christian faith. And uh, again, who you ask will depend on what, uh, what definition you get. But I think it's true to say most places you go will, will agree that uh, it particularly values like, the love of God, the inclusion of all, the transformation of self, uh, a non-literal application of the Bible, social justice, learning from other sources of wisdom as well as our own, and a commitment to caring for the earth. And again, so not everyone who is part of our church will necessarily hold to that theology, um, but as a leadership, that's the direction that we're travelling in. Thirdly, then, a commitment to social justice. So we believe life in all its fullness is for everyone, and so we're committed to enabling everyone to reach their full potential through hosting and delivering a range of community projects and services, which I'll talk about more in a moment. And then finally, an informal church service style. So we believe church should be a place where you can come as you are. So we try to make sure our services are inclusive and welcoming. We explain what we're doing and how people can participate. And we always have a lot of coffee because that's very important. We do things differently from week to week as well. And we're not afraid to try new things and experiment. And sometimes that doesn't work and we do something else. Um, But yeah, it's about trying to be flexible and make sure that our services work for everybody wherever possible. Okay, so finally then, who specifically are we? So who are the people behind this this vision? Who are our staff, our volunteers? Uh, How are we structured? And I think the short answer to that is we are you, we are me, uh, we are the person next to you. So in some way, everybody here um, is involved. Everybody plays a part, but obviously we all have different parts to play. 
And a big part of our team is, of course, our immediate staff team and volunteers, but also um, our governance groups. Um, so this is our, I call, lovingly call it the egg, um, that's sort of the governance egg that describes how our, our sort of governance groups are, are structured. So our trustees, which are voted in by our church members, um, they provide oversight of the hub's activities and they're the ones that sort of hold the legal responsibility. So like I said, they're elected by and they're accountable to um, the church members here. Then we have the church steering group, the hub leader, sorry, that's me. Um, and then the church steering group, which I'm also part of, both of those steering groups, which overlap because we don't want there to be this separation between church and hub. Um, you know, what we do on a Sunday morning and what we do on a Thursday afternoon in the pantry is just as much church as each other. So it's important that while practically there's some implications about how um, activities are delivered, that essentially, you know, governance-wise, there's an overlap there. So the church steering group is, is the group that really provides that sort of spiritual direction and, and strategic oversight and practical support, um, all of which are hopefully enabling the wider church community to fulfill their vision and calling. So we do a lot of Sunday planning. We make sure that some of the more kind of obvious churchy stuff, church services, microhubs, things like that um, run. And then the hub steering group. So the hub steering group is an advisory board, and that has the purpose of providing support, advice, guidance, and specialist expertise to me and the wider hub team as well in relation specifically to the community work that we deliver um, through our charity. I'm showing you a lot of diagrams, but they're pretty, aren't they? Okay, this is our, our lovely staff structure. Um, so we've got me as a hub leader. We've got Elaine, who's our hub team administrator. Elaine works for us three days a week. Uh, we've got Claire Hemwood, who's our community worker. So Claire oversees all our food insecurity work. Uh, we've got a hub team admin assistant, which is Claire Shellswell, who's just recently joined us. And then our caretaker, Mark, um, who works for us part-time uh, sorting out the building, which we're very thankful for. Um, so they're, they're sort of our paid staff, but um, obviously as well as our paid staff, we have an absolutely huge team of, of volunteers in a number of different roles. So we've got five Sunday team coordinators who lead, train, and organize our Sunday teams. Uh, we have a pastoral assistant. Um, we have loads of people that don't have a named role but just do some stuff that's really helpful. It's kind of, you know, the formal roles and then there's just loads of people that just muck in and do whatever's needed. And then obviously we have all our Sunday team volunteers and our community work volunteers that help us deliver the projects that we do. So we've covered the Oasis family. We've talked about the Messio or the circle of inclusion, our vision, ethos, values and nine habits. Uh, we've also talked about our four distinctive characteristics as a church and our staff and governance structure. So that's us. That is Oasis. That is who we are. And all of that sounds lovely, doesn't it? But what does that actually look like from day to day? So what are the practical ways that we actually live this stuff out? And I think I've covered some of it, haven't I? I've given examples, but I, I do want to talk briefly about how we structure our community projects and, and maybe some of the things that we are currently involved in. Um, so first of all, church, and again, I won't talk through all of these, um, but these are kind of the different elements that we would sort of, you know, have as church. Um, so we would think about our hybrid services. So every service or every learning Sunday is a, is a hybrid service. Um, so we try to, what, what that means is you can come to the building, but you can also hopefully watch online. Um, and if um, we're not able to stream it, then we'll always record it and, and release it as a podcast. So it just enables as many people to participate and attend um, as, as possible. 
community forums I've mentioned, we have those once a month. Um, our WhatsApp group, so that's a really important way of connecting you with local people who are also part of Oasis. And they started right at the beginning of, um, I think it was around the first lockdown. I got, you know, it blurs into one, doesn't it? But we started them as a initially a point of contact for people maybe who needed practical help if they were self-isolating. Um, and we've continued those as a way to connect with people locally, but also to organise uh, gatherings on the first Sunday of every month, which we call Community Sunday. So we don't meet all together in this building on the first end of every month, but we, we either just opt out and have a day off if that's what we need. Um, we get involved in stuff in our local community, but sometimes we meet in local groups or one-to-one, -one, catch up with friends for a coffee. It's to use, it's that rhythm of Sabbath and trying to understand that it's okay to have a Sunday where we don't meet all together in the church building. And the stuff we do as part of that is still just as much church. Um, we have Oasis Kids um, and Oasis Youth, so we have groups on a Sunday and we also have a youth microhub that runs on a Thursday night. Um, and then obviously we have uh, our hub projects as well. So I think, I hope this should be the last diagram. You can tell I'm into my diagrams. So this is our tiered delivery work model. Um, so this is how we explain how we structure the community work that we do. So we've got direct delivery, so that would be anything that we deliver directly and independently, so even if other organisations are involved. So our Oasis Pantry is probably the, the clearest example of that. So every Thursday afternoon we have a food pantry um, where people become members and pay a small amount of money to access affordable food on a weekly basis. And it's about more than food, it's a community where we build relationships and signpost and refer, um, and we've got plans to expand that as well. Uh, partnership delivery, so that will be projects and services that we deliver with, with one or more partner uh, agency organisation. So we also have a pantry in Roundhill that we run in partnership with YFC um, and a bunch of other organisations as well. And until recently, we ran a kinship carer support group in partnership with Bain's family placement team. And we do something called Coffee with Cops, uh, which is where we, our local beat team, come and have coffee with local residents where they can sort of ask questions and raise concerns. And then uh, finally, hosted delivery. So that's projects and services that are delivered by other agencies or organisations, but that use our facilities as a base. Uh, so Focus Counselling have their office and their counselling practice in our building. Uh, we have breathing space that meets in the basement um, every night of the year, and that helps people who are escalating into a mental health crisis or who are at risk of doing so. Um, and we have loads of addiction support groups and an eating disorder support group that meet in the building as well. Okay. You're still alive, still awake. Wake up if you're at home. So now you know, hopefully, who we are, what we do, uh, how can you get involved, and um, then we'll, we'll have a break, so I'm coming into land. So at Oasis, we, we have something called church membership, which I think we talked quite a bit about recently, so I'm not, I'm not going to talk loads about that. But on Sunday the 6th of Feb at our community forum, we're really excited to actually be welcoming some new members, and we'll welcome um, even more in March. So church membership is really just our way of sort of expressing um, our commitment to, to what God is specifically doing through Oasis Church Bath. So it's our way of sort of joining in, of being part of things, of saying, yes, I'm, I'm in and, um, you know, I want to be part of this. Um, and the, the, all we'd say about membership is that we would kind of, we work that out again through these sort of four different areas. And there's a leaflet on church membership you can pick up just outside the, the door, so I'm not going to talk much more about that. But if you're interested in becoming a member or finding out more, do speak to me um, or to Rob. So we haven't, we deliberately have not called today Membership Sunday, and we called it Partnership Sunday because actually we recognise that some people, you know, won't want to be church members. Some may feel that they can't commit in that way, or um, it's just not for them right now. But actually, we want everyone to know that they can be part of us, whether they're a church member or not. 
and actually I just think those four areas are great areas anyway just to aspire to aren't they so they're sort of helpful principles anyway but there's loads of ways that you can partner with us so you can partner with us by showing up to church services to microhubs to community forums whether that's um, online or in person you can partner with us by trying to live out our vision our ethos and values in your own life you can partner with us by joining a Sunday team or volunteering at one of our pantries you can partner with us by giving financially on a regular basis. So the best way to do that is through a standing order. And there's a form on that white desk at the back on the info desk. And it just says join us. And that contains all the information um, that you need. But that's really the best way to support us and make sure that we can keep doing all the work that we're doing in the community. You can partner with us by using your voice. So that's just as important as money and um, giving us your, your feedback, your suggestions. You can partner with us by reading the community news email that we send out, responding to it when it's needed. And you can partner with us by looking out for others who are struggling. And by praying as well. It's so important that people are praying regularly for the work that we do for our leadership groups and our staff team and for people that appear on that community news prayer list as well. And if you don't receive the community news email and you'd like to, come and speak to me um, at the end. So there are loads of ways that you can get involved and be part of this, but we want that to be the right type of involvement for you. And I think, again, what it comes down to for me is God is always issuing an invitation to us, saying, come and be a part of what I'm doing, which is crazy, really. Um, it's this amazing act of grace that God partners with us um, to do his work on earth. And so I think all we're doing today is, is, I guess, reissuing that invitation, and we're saying, come and be a part of what he's doing specifically through Oasis Hub Bath. So you belong you matter, and you're invited. And I think it's important to acknowledge, isn't it, that for some of us, this is actually it's quite scary. Committing to something is scary. Maybe we've been hurt by church before. Maybe we struggle in close relationships. Maybe we just don't know where we fit or we don't, know, don't believe we belong. And I would just say, you know what? Take the risk. Go for it. Fight the fear. <laughs> Jump in. Um, this is a, one of my favorite poets, Morgan Harper Nichols. This is one of her poems. So she says, you are free to dream the dream, to dream louder than the doubt, the inner critic, the fear, the inner cynic. Dare to hope for better. Dare to hope for what could be. Make room for imagination. Then let it run wild and free. Shane Claiborne says this, let's stop complaining about the church that we've experienced and work on becoming the church that we dream of. And you know what? I think it's going great, and I think it could be even better, and I think I'm so excited what we've done, what we've achieved the last couple of years, the things that God's done, the people he's brought to us, it's incredible, and, and it's exciting thinking about the next year and, and even beyond that. So you belong, you matter, you're invited, and it could be great. <laughs> And I know I've chucked a lot of stuff at you, a lot of diagrams. And so I think that what's really important is that we have some time to reflect and just kind of let it all churn over, I guess, in our, in our brains. So we're, we're going to take sort of five minutes just to have some time. And that time is just for, for you and God to just sit, sit with it, process some of that, and just work out you know, specifically what are the things that God might be saying to you and how might he want you to partner with us today. Um, and after that time of reflection, we'll have that short break uh, while we go and get our kids. And then we'll come back together and finish with communion and by doing our little piece of art, which I'll explain shortly. So if you're watching from home, you might want to just grab something at some point when we have the break, not quite yet, um, that you can take communion with. So any food or drink will do. Okay, so there's going to be um, some questions on the screen. And these are just 
just supposed to be helpful kind of prompts. So again, um, if they're if they're unhelpful, ignore them. Um, but if if you, like me, you want a bit of a structure or some stuff to to think through. So for just and just in case anyone's listening to this as a podcast, I'll just read them out. So first question: What what first drew you to Oasis, and what still draws you to it today? What excites you about the Oasis vision? What's felt difficult about what's been said this morning? What do you find hard? What do you think it looks like for you to partner with Oasis? And what do you need God's help with in order for this to happen? And what do you need to do practically today in response? And if all you do is number seven, because this is your first Sunday or first live stream and you're not quite sure you want to jump in yet, that's fine. Maybe just meditate on those words. You belong. You matter. You're invited. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.